welcome to the Soft Spot Podcast. So it's been a while um, since I have put out a podcast for you guys. Life has been crazy. Um, I've had a birthday. My daughter had a birthday. Our birthdays are four days apart. Um, We're working on some things with the house, so things have been really hectic, but I stuck to my guns and said I was definitely going to get an episode out to you uh, today. But the topic that I definitely would like to talk about is getting through and dealing with breakups. So when it comes, everyone has been broken up with. It's hard. It's difficult. You feel like it's the end of the world. Um, It's normal for you to feel different emotions when you're going through a breakup. You might feel some relief. Maybe it's a situation that's been going on a little bit too long. You you might feel confused because maybe you got hit with a breakup out of nowhere. Um, and you'll definitely feel some grief. But regardless of how you feel currently in the moment, this will be something that you can make it through. So some of the best things that you can do after breaking up, it's important to set boundaries between you and your ex. Um, and this means taking some time apart. Even if you guys maybe want to remain friends, you've agreed that you still want to be friends, I feel, in my opinion, that it's good to kind of take a break from each other and just have some space to have some healing. And when I mean space, I mean no texting, no hanging out. Just give yourself time to heal. And this just keeps you from falling into old habits and stop you from prolonging the breakup. So I feel like maybe a month is a good time to kind of give each other space. Um, Maybe for some other people, they need less. But to me, I feel like a month is a good time to kind of heal and and be in a better place mentally and emotionally with the situation. So you also should respect the needs and boundaries of your ex. Maybe your ex does not want to be friends with you. You know, you got to respect that. And maybe they just need time to come around. Um, So if they say, don't call me, I don't want to talk to you, respect that. Just give them that time. Maybe they're a little angry at the, the moment and maybe they will change their mind. But with you calling them or reaching out to their friend, hey, can you um, talk to so-and-so, basically you'll begin to agitate them and you'll kind of kill any chance you have at having um, a friendship with them if they're going to be open to that in the future. And also remember that you yourself are not obligated to respond to your ex if you're not ready. So if they're calling you and you're not ready, you don't have to respond to that text until you're ready. Um, you don't have to answer the the call the phone for them when they call until you're ready. Um, also, when you guys maybe do start to hang back out 
again and you start talking, um, don't fall into some of those same patterns. So if you're going to be friends, be friends. Keep the friendship boundary very clear. So maybe, you know, you guys are hanging out. Make sure you don't start cuddling when you're watching a movie. Watch the movie with them like they are one of your friends. Um, no spending the night in your bed. Um, providing them constant emotional financial support. And the reason why I'm saying like no spending the night, no cuddling, because that stuff creates confusion. So maybe you're cuddling up with your ex and he's calling back and in your head you're like oh we're maybe we we're gonna get back together he's cuddling back like you're setting yourself up um for something that might not even happen he might feel awkward or feel obligated to cuddle with you because he doesn't want to hurt your feelings you know and you're kind of creating a space in your head like we might be getting back together so just don't create that type of confusion yourself so just keep those boundaries the same way you would act with other friends just act accordingly um with your ex at that time um and one of the most important things when you're dealing with a breakup is after the breakup prioritize your self-care um a lot of times when we're in relationships we get so tied up in our partner that we kind of of put ourselves to the wayside or we put things to the side and we we're so focused on that person. So, um when you do break up with someone, I would say um find things that bring yourself joy. So, start hanging back out with your friends. You know, one thing when you're are in a relationship, you know, your friends you don't get to hang out with them so much because you want to hang out with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. So get back with your friends. Hang out with them. Have a girls' night. Have Go out, have wine. and um, Get back to some of your old hobbies. And um, maybe you have a few books that you've been wanting to read, but you haven't had time because you are spent, you've been spending so much time with your significant other. Um, nurture yourself. So this means exercising. I mean, you don't have to go hardcore, lift weights. I mean, take yourself like a little 30-minute stroll. And um, exercise is known to help you mentally and everything. Just put some good music on. Take a 30-minute stroll. Um, It will definitely make you feel better. Um, Meditate. Um, I myself enjoy meditation, but... Meditation for me is, you know, normally I use it when I'm overwhelmed and my anxiety is getting the best of me. Um, But I feel like it would be a good tool to get into after a breakup. Help you to clear your mind, open your mind, and just help you to think. Um, It would also be good to begin to process your feelings of the breakup. So me, myself, personally, I constantly journal um, when I've had a rough day and, you know, I don't have anyone to vent to at the moment. I like to put the pen to the paper, vent in my little journal, and surprisingly, I feel better because I feel like I kind of got it off my chest because I 
tend to be a person who kind of keeps everything to myself. I'm bottled up on the inside because I don't want my emotions and my emotional baggage to become like someone else's emotional baggage. So journaling has always helped me. So um, that might be something good for you to do when you're dealing with a breakup. Um, I could also suggest that you speak with a therapist or um, if you don't feel comfortable speaking with a therapist, maybe there's a support person that you can talk to. Um, I would also suggest taking a break from romantic dramas and love songs because that kind of just puts you back into, you know, that those moments and you, you start thinking about so-and-so and it, it it brings you back to this moment you had. So just kind of take a break for that. So watch some comedies, um, listen to some upbeat, some upbeat music. Um, and if you're dealing with a breakup, if you've been living with a person, um, I was going to say that that might be a little more difficult. Um, you know, maybe you don't have the money to just move into a new place. So, um, I would say to possibly do like a, a, a revamp. So move your furniture around, um, get some new dishes, um, invest in some new bedding and get rid of blankets that maybe you guys cuddled under or, you know, um, maybe try a new color scheme in your bedroom or your living room and you can always paint tables and chairs you can change your rugs you could change your throw pillows cushions blankets all of those things are like non-expensive things that you can change in your household just to give your house like a new look um pack up reminders of the relationships like for um photographs um you don't have to throw them away but just Put them to the side while you're dealing with your breakup so it doesn't keep you in this constant, like, woe is me moment. Um, If your partner has left behind, you know, items that you all share at home, um, where you guys share your home, then, you know, just box them up. Um, allow a no contact period to um to pass and then kind of just send them a message letting them know, you know, hey, I have your belongings. Um and you know, kind of discuss on how you guys can meet them, you know, whether you know I can leave the box outside if you don't want to speak with me, or I can drop them off somewhere, you know, and if they say they don't want them or you know they they don't want to meet up or, you know, whatever, you can always just donate those items. Um, a lot of times, too, something messy with um relationships can be if you have a lot of mutual friends together. So a lot of times these friends want to know what happened or, you know, the best thing to do to keep things from getting messy is to avoid getting into the details. So 
you know, we don't want to create a scenario where there's two different stories, you know, his, um, your partner, your ex's story, and then your story, because then things happen such as gossip and it just makes things messy. So, you know, just, you know, we're moving in different directions. You don't, you have to just give something really vague and they just leave it, leave it there. Um, as far as, um, sometimes, you know, now things such as social media and things also make, uh, breakups difficult. Um, maybe it would be hard for you to log into your Facebook or your Instagram and kind of see your ex. So maybe at the time, for the time being, you could, for Facebook, I think you can kind of mute someone where you don't see their posts and then you can always change the settings or maybe you just want to unfriend them. You know, that's fine. Um, I wouldn't do something like change my relationship status right away because then when you do that, then you start to have the questions from people. Well, what happened? And, you know, just kind of um, you can hide it from your timeline um, and then later on you can change it. And by then it's the breakup is old news. No one will probably won't, won't even really think about it. So, um, those are just my tip, a few tips in my opinion, um, that kind of help with getting through a breakup. Um, I want to start doing something new with my podcast. I want to start spotlighting other um, Black entrepreneurs um, or just other entrepreneurs, period. They don't necessarily have to be Black. But the person that I will be spotlighting today is a, um, a Black male entrepreneur. So I'm going to have him come on uh, in a few minutes to chat about his business and give us a little detail on that. Hey everyone. So this is the spotlight of a black male entrepreneur that I was talking about earlier. This is Chris Dickens. He is the owner and CEO of Quick Protective Services. So when give him a warm welcome. Yeah, what's going on everybody? What's going on? So Chris, um Tell us a little bit about your business and what it is that you're doing. So my business, as you already said, is Quick Protective Services. And what I'm doing is I'm giving people the opportunity and the means to essentially be able to protect themselves. So some of the things that my company offers, we offer private investigation, we offer security services. We offer, you know, fugitive recovery services for those people who jump bail and whatnot. No, we're not bounty hunters because bounty hunters have a bad name for themselves, honestly. Uh, we deal with, you know, for the Marylanders, the Maryland HQL license, the Maryland wear and carry license. We also do multi-state concealed carry licenses. So, like, we can do 
Illinois, Arizona, uh, uh, Virginia, Florida, Utah, and like 15 other states. Um, we do private shooting lessons that allow people to become better shooters or practice their fundamentals and learn different drills that they can practice at home. We do process serving for people who are trying to serve somebody papers, but they're just having a difficult time. And that's that's pretty much it. We also offer other services, you know, like classes on how to stop the bleed in case you're shot in a um, live fire situation, CPR certifications, and many more. Okay, that that is a lot. So um, talk to me a little bit about... Um, private investigation so is that only offered in the state that you're in or could someone from another state um hire you to do some private investigations for them so we are based in maryland however we work any and everywhere so i don't care if you're in massachusetts i don't care if you're in california i don't care if you're in canada if you need us to work we will work of course, all the expenses will be covered in the price, but, you know, we, we try to work with people. We try to make sure that it's affordable and it's not breaking your pocket because we already know private detectives are already going to be expensive. But we try to make sure that our prices are competitive and we're kind of just undercutting the competition, essentially. Okay. So, if you know, is there anything that you all wouldn't touch when it came to private investigations, like, Maybe someone come came to you and was like, I think my husband's having an affair. I need you to kind of look into it. Would you guys be willing to take on something like of that? Of course. Okay. No, that's the bread and butter of private detectives. <laughs> <laughs> Finding those, those, those cases where I think my spouse is a cheater or I'm trying to find a long lost sibling or, you know, you want to hire this person for your company, but we need an extensive background investigation on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do all that stuff. Okay. I have some... So, um, I might have something that I, I might want to talk with you that I, I might be able to get your help on. We'll, we'll okay. discuss it, but... Okay. Um, when, it can, when you said bounty hunters get a bad name, why is that? So, when it comes to you know, quote-unquote bounty hunters, right? Those are the people who they dress up in the tactical gear and they're going around chasing these people who jump bail and this and the third but the way they go about it isn't always the most professional or the correct way of doing it you know people just think oh i'm a bounty hunter and i can do this that and the third but that's not what it's about you know i'm the type of person that if i'm out here and i'm trying to collect somebody who jumped bail my goal is to get you turned into custody as safely as possible because there are people out here who don't care about your safety. They don't care whether or not you get turned back in with a couple bullet holes in you or things of that nature. You know, all they worry about is they're getting their money back. I am a fugitive recovery agent, meaning you're a fugitive. I'm here to recover you. And I'm, I'm going to do that with you alive, fully intact without a scratch on your body. That is always my goal. Good. That's, Sounds safe. Um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit more um, about the private shooting lessons. So I know you mentioned that you are um, in Maryland, but if someone was able to maybe get like a, a rather large group of people together, would you be willing to travel 
In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And what what would a private shooting lesson look like? Like what what does that include, or what could I expect if I was getting a private so, shooting lesson? Essentially, it depends on you know which state we're going to be in because they have different rules and regulations when it comes to transporting of firearms and stuff like that. It'll determine whether or not. Well, it'll depend on if you're in an outdoor range or an indoor range because that determines what caliber of firearms you can fire. But typically. Uh, what my company offers, or what I specifically offer, I offer a handgun training, shotgun training, and rifle training. Essentially teaching you how to be more efficient when it comes to utilizing your firearm of choice, whether it be a handgun, uh, AR, or a shotgun. But I specifically specialize in handguns, pistols, and pistol platform weapons. So what I deal with mostly is CQB and CQC training. So that's close quarters combat and close quarters like breaching and things of that nature. So I do a lot of like up close and personal type of stuff. So the things that we'll work on, we'll work we'll work on, you know, drawing from the hip, you know, drawing from concealment, making sure you defeat the garment properly, making sure that you can get on target fast. You know, defensive shooting is when you're trying to stop a threat that's anywhere from up close and personal up to 15 feet. After which is when you start dealing with the marksman shooting. Marksman shooting is when you're aiming for something downrange. Mm-hmm. So it really just depends on what the person wants to work on, and we essentially just go from there. Okay. That sounds great. So, of course, everyone in the news, you know, we've seen, like, these mass shootings, and um, there's been discussions of eliminating um certain handguns and I guess certain high caliber um, guns. Can you kind of discuss a little bit about why uh, our second amendment is so important and uh, why it's current, how, you know, is it possible that it could be threatened at this time? Let me tell you, our second amendment right has already been threatened and infringed upon for the last umpteen years because The Second Amendment right is the right to bear arms, right? It is the ability to be able to defend yourself against a tyrannical government. But the issue is our government is already essentially a tyrannical government. Yeah, we have the right to bear arms, but that's essentially what gun laws are. Yeah, you can bear arms, but, you know, they they add these stipulations to hinder who can bear arms. Mm -hmm. But the issue with that is, Gun laws, they claim, are meant to help the people. It's meant to help keep the place safe, right? But here's the difference. If I'm a law-abiding citizen, I'm the only person that's going to abide by those laws you're putting in place. Criminals don't care about gun laws. They don't care whether or not I'm allowed to have a a high-capacity magazine in my AR or if I can't have a bump stock on my AR or have high-capacity magazines in my pistol because I'm not a law-abiding citizen. I don't care. I don't care what you have to say. All you're doing is crippling the law-abiding citizen and making sure that it's harder for them to defend themselves, and you're helping me to become a better criminal. That's it. Yeah, if, if in Maryland, the duty to retreat law essentially means that if you get into an altercation, you have the duty to retreat before anything else, okay? You literally have to de-escalate or retreat before any use of force can be utilized. 
in your own home. Wow. Even in no, no, that's in your own. Well, in your home, you have the um, you have the castle doctrine. And okay. your the castle doctrine means you have the ability to defend your home because that is your castle, that is your domain. But okay. out in public, I'm walking down the street. Somebody try tries to rob me. I have a duty to retreat. Uh, duty to retreat first. It's crazy. It's like it's outlandish to me. Wow. And then you have to meet force with force. If they mm-hmm. pull out a knife, I can't pull out a gun. You That's have to pull out a knife. Force. And then if I'm in the middle of an altercation and I'm fighting for my life and I'm using deadly force, the moment I have the ability to retreat, I can no longer use deadly force. I have to retreat. Wow. Yeah, yes. it's a lot that goes into it. But you know, if pe- when people sign up for my um for my gun safety classes, my firearm mm-hmm. safety classes, I I teach all of these things and I teach you, you know, how the force, um, the use of force continuum works and when deadly force is legal, when it's not legal. And I give you all these analogies and I give you videos that help you relate and it helps you, it helps it resonate more versus those super old and outdated videos that make no sense. Right. And um, how long is a, a typical training with you? So a typical training, like a, a basic home and fundamental, like a basic home defense fundamental class is about four hours long, depending mm-hmm. on how many questions y'all have and how well you're comprehending it, how many breaks you need. It can be anywhere from two hours to four hours just for the educational portion, like the in-class portion. Mm-hmm. You know? But the actual on the range time that can be as long as you want it to be. It really just depends on how fast you're getting it. And then, you know, essentially I teach you the basics and the fundamentals and then you take them home and, excuse me, you practice on your own time. Right. And when you want to learn more, you let me know. When you want to try something new, you let me know. I also do these classes virtually as well. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, I know finances can sometimes be hard for people. You know, so if you have a large group, it's not hard to cover the cost for somebody to come out and teach. But, you know, say you don't have a large group or say, for example, you got those friends who always bluff and they say, hey, yeah, we're going to do this. But then you wait in two years, you know. So if you say, for example, it's just you and say your husband or you and your sister, you and your cousin, mm-hmm. I'll do a virtual training for y'all. And then if if, um, if finances and things permit, I'll fly out and I'll just teach a lesson. I'll just teach a class to y'all. So it'll be like the hands-on portion. But right. the educational portion I can do whenever, as long as I have enough notice and go from there. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. Um, that's definitely something that I know my family, we can probably definitely um, reach out to you in regards to like a virtual safety training um now you know i've done i've been to the gun range you know with some friends and everything you know we play around we shoot a little bit but do you have you ever had anyone that was like unteachable like ma'am sir you should never ever handle a gun in your life have you ever had that before actually no i have not i have had people who you know, they forget the basic safety things mm-hmm. and it can become frustrating to have to repeat the same thing because you've all like you're about to shoot me right here in the gun range. Like <laughs> there has actually been a lot of firearms instructors who have actually been shot at a gun range while teaching somebody. Oh my god. Like that that actually happens. That's why we have such a large insurance policy though. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, like, yeah, there are those students who just, they get so hype and they're not paying attention and it, it can be a safety issue. But no, I've never had anybody who's unteachable. Just nope. yet. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Do you guys have a website or anything either? No, so I'm still working on building the website. It's okay. currently under construction. But Instagram and email or text, or they can even follow my personal Instagram. My personal Instagram is um, DK, the number two, K-W-I-K. Again, that's D as in dog, K, the number two, K-W-I-K. Okay, and I'll also include all this information um, in the um, podcast description. So whoever is listening, if you want to reach out to him, it, it will be in the description for you. Um, and I, I thank you for joining my spotlight that I've added to the podcast. No, I thank you for having me. Thank you. Alrighty, good night. Good night, thank you. Bye. What would be some of the ways that you feel like we could um, deal with mass shootings without taking away our rights? The way to deal with mass shootings is to make it not as hard for people to get armed, essentially. Because think about it like this, right? If, say, for example, those churches that had the mass shootings, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm a church member... Or say my entire congregation, say, I'm a, say I'm, a, I'm a religious leader, right? My entire congregation wholeheartedly believe in the Second Amendment and everybody in the church is armed, right? right? If somebody walks into that church and the moment somebody hears a gun cocked or the moment they hear a shot fired, guess what's going to happen? Everybody's going to target that one individual who's trying to commit this, this atrocity. Now, you may get one, you may get five but you're not going to get all. Right. It's, it's, it's just that simple, honestly. <laughs> I agree. That definitely does make sense. Um, and that's something recently that me and my family, we've been discussing. I know my mom, she just got her license um, to carry. Um, I think all of us are going to look into that eventually, but we all want to be able to do it like the safe way. We want to know what we're doing. We want to know, know how to handle the weapons safely and without anyone getting hurt. But um, do you want to tell everyone how they would be able to get in contact with you if they were interested in any of your services? Sure. People can, they can shoot me a text or a phone call at 202 202- Five seven seven four six zero five. Again, that's two zero two five seven seven four six zero five. Or if they're having a hard time remembering, think of like the infomercials you always see. It's two zero two KPS four six zero five. They can uh, shoot me an email at C Dickens. So that's C D is in dog. I, C is in uh, Chris, uh, K, E, N is in Nancy, S is in Sam, dot KPS at gmail.com. That's cdickens.kps at gmail.com. But you can follow us on Instagram at Quick Protective Services. 
Um, that's KWIK Protective Services. Um, those are the um, easiest ways to get in contact with us. Um, uh, another big thing that people have to, you know, think about like this. If a criminal is out in the streets, right, mm -hmm. and they're on the prowl, a criminal is less likely to act on somebody who's more likely to be armed than somebody who's less likely to be armed. So, for example, if I'm a criminal and I know you have a high chance of carrying a concealed weapon on you, I'm not going to mess with you. Versus uh, a person who looks like they, they're a criminal, have a hard background or something like that, and I know for a fact it's probably going to be harder for them to get a gun, I'm going to, I'm, I'm probably going to rob you. So a prime example in Maryland, Maryland made it to being the murder capital, well, Baltimore made it to being the murder capital, right? Mm -hmm. Crime rate is crazy, but it's because people know in Maryland, it's hard to get a gun license. It's hard. Anybody can get an HQL with in Maryland that allows you to purchase a regulated firearm, but it's almost impossible to get a wear and carry license unless you have what Maryland considers good and substantial reason. But in a city like Plano, Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody and their mama got a gun. Yes. They, they, <laughs> they have a law where if you're a homeowner, it is mandatory you have a gun. Their crime rate is next to zero. Okay, you let me know something I did not know. I did not know that it was mandatory. That's it, exactly. In some cities, it's mandatory that you have a firearm if you have a home. While in other cities, they have this crazy law where it's a, it's a specific city in Texas. I can't remember. But if an intruder breaks into your home, you are legally obligated to facilitate a safe transfer of your items to that person. What? It's crazy. <laughs> right? And then in Maryland, they don't have a stand your ground law. They don't have a self-defense law. They mm -hmm. actually have a duty to retreat law. And go and go into what exactly that means.